0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Movie Funtime Go. I am your host, Precious D. And
1: I am your host, Honey Bee. Welcome back, everybody.
0: Today, we're going to be looking at the second Gamera movie, Gamera versus Barugon, not to be confused with bear a <laughs> the antagonist in Frankenstein Conquers the World.
1: This is another made-up-asaurus
0: Yes. And this one is spelled with a U and the other one is spelled with an A. And they both have horns on their heads. Yeah. Apart Maybe from they're that, like completely cousins. different. <laughs> yeah. Well, I posted a little uh, cartoon on the Facebook page of one of them handing the other one their mail and saying, I got your mail again. Aw, oh, cute. <laughs> and it's a Baragon versus Baragon. But before we get into the movie, we have some kaiju news.
1: Ooh. Kaiju moves. Hit me
0: with it. There is a South Korean kaiju movie from 1967 called Space Monster Wangamagui. Hmm. It's only the second South Korean kaiju movie ever made. The first one, Bulgasari, is considered lost. This one wasn't lost exactly, just unavailable. No. It would occasionally get shown at the like South Korean National Library or National Film Library, and you could go there in person and watch it on a computer. Wow. But after its original release, it's just not been available. And a company called SRS Cinema, Awesome Underground Movies You Need to See Now, is their tag. Cute. <laughs> has acquired the rights to this movie, and they will be releasing it on DVD and Blu-ray and possibly on streaming and stuff later. I've been poking around their website and it looks like what they normally do is release something they do direct sales for the first few months and then they do broader sales getting it in stores and streaming it on Amazon and Tubi and whatever.
1: Wow, how <laughs> like perfect is the timing that this movie is 67 and we're in Yeah. Like, what are we in, 66 yeah.
0: right now? We're in 66. We'll be in 67 soon. It's set to release sometime between July and September. So we will acquire a copy as soon as we can. And we may have to backtrack a little bit if we get past 67 before it comes out. But we'll do that. Yeah. And we might, even, uh, we might even give away a copy. So I did not know this was something I was excited to see until I saw this news article, and now I'm excited to see it.
1: Hell yeah.
0: SRS Cinema. uh, So they're basically a distribution company. They don't make any of these movies. They'll just distribute them for you. And they put out such movies as Conga TNT, Zillafoot, Homocycle, Amityville (laughs) Karen, Amityville Shark House. Raiders of the Lost Shark, and the Death Toilet Trilogy.
1: Uh, Death Toilet?
0: Yes, the Death Toilet Trilogy, which I have not seen. I've seen parts of Konga TNT, and I'm aware of Zillafoot. I didn't know about all these various Amityville movies. It seems like basically if you have made some cheap piece of crap movie and you need someone to distribute it for you, These guys are willing to do it. And the the quality of the movies they distribute seems to vary greatly. But thanks to them, we'll get a chance to see space monster Wang Wang Magui. Very soon.
1: I'm excited. Uh,
0: Apparently it's a bit of a King Kong ripoff, but with more of a reptilian kind of creature from the Black Lagoon type monster. Uh But we will see. So, on with uh, the main part of the show here, Gamera vs. Barugon. It's from 1966. It's in color, 100 minutes, directed by Shigo Tanaka. The budget was 80 million yen. I don't know what the box office was. The monsters, of course, are Gamera and Baragon. I think they're both about 50 meters. I didn't actually look it up. Death count is 128. Okay. It's a little high. And for the racism factor, I believe I put a two because of the brown face. hmm And also the weird colorism that goes on in it. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? I don't.
1: I don't want to eat colorism. The, tell
0: me. Oh. Uh, well, colorism is, is the idea or the phenomena that even in groups of people of color, that there is a preference or a bias towards the lighter skinned members of those groups.
1: Okay. A tendency to
0: look down on the darker skinned members of those groups. So I see. with with the, you know, made up natives, mm-hmm. most of them are in brown face, except for the lead.
1: The lead, yeah, the main like, character. <laughs>
0: who just looks like a regular Japanese person not wearing extra dark makeup, but she is supposed to be part of the same tribe as these other people. Uh, Similar thing with the Mothra's fairies. For some reason, Mothra's fairies are much lighter skinned Mm -hmm. than all the other inhabitants of Infant Island. Don't know if it's connected to the fact that they're miniatures as well. I don't know. (laughs) But yes, once again, we have Japanese people pretending to be some other sort of Pacific Islander Polynesian something made-up tribe wearing brown face, which we'll get to when we get to it. So, uh Honeybee, what are your initial impressions of this movie?
1: Well, I was happy to be coming back to re- our regularly scheduled program away from the samurai stuff. <laughs> uh, so I was happy for that. I also... Man, I had a lot of good moments in this movie where I really liked some stuff, and then there were a lot of things in this movie where I was like, "eh, it's all right." But um, for the most part, I liked it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what's it was I? Like...
0: <laughs> what struck me is that it's a much more serious movie, I think, than the first Gamera.
1: Which is kind of and... weird, considering the yeah. things that is happening or that they're talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the thing is the later Gamera movies will get extremely silly but this one I, I it seems like the in general the Godzilla movies have been gradually getting sillier as they go along. Gamera <laughs> started off a, a little a little silly and it had a cute kid in it well it had a kid who's meant to be cute in it it had a depressed <laughs> kid in it and it had a ridiculous rocket plan but then this movie gets really just deadly serious mm-hmm. and not not that much fun. Except for well, there is some oof. <laughs> there is some stuff partway through that is pretty damn ridiculous, but it is treated very very seriously.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's treated very seriously, but you kind of feel silly. Like, is what? What are we talking about? Again? <laughs> <laughs>
0: again we'll get to that when we get to it so let's uh let's dive into the plot here six months after the events of gamra the giant monster a meteorite collides no a meteor collides with the z plan it'd be a meteorite if it hit the ground but it's in space the z the z plan at the end of the last movie the z plan was to (laughs) trap gamra in the capsule of a rocket ship and shoot him to Mars and leave him on Mars, because the little kid hopes to go to Mars someday to visit Gamera. But, turns out, just six months later, Gamera never makes it to Mars, a meteor hits the rocket and frees him, and he immediately starts doing his spinning flying saucer thing and heads straight back to Earth.
1: Yeah. Which, I was really glad that they recapped this, and they kind of, like let, like, started where they left off instead of just making up some bullshit new thing which happens to us a lot or or or, you know they just really I I was so grateful for this recap like yay because even in the episode where we watched uh Gamera we were like what the fuck happens now like what happens to him (laughs) does this rocket open does it stay shut like what Happens, so I was really yeah. Is it just gonna crash into
0: Mars? Is it gonna splash down? Well, not splash down, but is it gonna parachute down? Is it just gonna smash into the planet, get stuck in orbit because there's no guiding rockets? (laughs) Turns out nothing, he just gets knocked free and comes straight back to Earth. So that was all a huge waste of time. Now, usually in these movies, we give the time of when we spot the monster, but yeah, we just start off, gamma's there. Right away. Yep. And he immediately attacks Kurobe Dam in Japan because he's drawn to both fire and just general energy sources.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ichiro, a World War II veteran, sends Kawagiri—oh, okay, I'm, I don't even know what I'm reading here. Uh, <laughs> he sends uh, Kawagiri Onodera and his brother Kisuki to an island in new guinea so we get these guys <laughs> all right so first the brother kasuki is a pilot and he's flying with some other pilot and talking about why he's he's leaving the military apparently he wants to follow his dream and start his own air business or some mm-hmm. some shit like, we're just he says getting like some background business i guess he maybe chauffeur. he wants to well i guess he, he wants to pilot private planes and take clients mm-hmm. places yeah and like like the guys in ultra q <laughs> so they're giving us a little background on his motivation i guess and he's goes to the c CD backroom meeting with his brother and these other two guys where he's going to invest his severance pay from his previous piloting job to into this scheme so he's he's the guy sending the three of them to New Guinea to retrieve an opal he once found and hid in a cave. This was during the war. He apparently is disabled now, presumably because of the war. He has a cane, so he feels he can't go himself. He's sending his brother in his place, and they're gonna go find this giant ass opal, and they'll all be stinking rich. <laughs> so they're going to Instead of just hiring, I don't know what the investment was for. Instead of just renting a boat or hiring a plane or something, they one of them works on a ship and he's gotten the other two hired as just regular crewmen. And then they're going to go AWOL once they get near the island. <laughs> and then expect to be able to get back on the ship and come back home without getting in too much trouble. Because they're just going to make up a story. I was. I went to the island to look for the bones of a friend of mine who died during the war. Mm-hmm. This comes into play later. Uh, yeah, say you're looking for a friend's remains on the island. What his the brother suggests?
1: Which, sidebar, everyone on this boat is like super oiled up.
0: <laughs> it's a very sweaty boat.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: They're working hard. They're sweating. And they're, they're all
1: like super sweaty. No shirts. And yeah. I noticed that this with the monsters in this movie, too. I don't know if you noticed, but the monsters were also very oily in this movie.
0: <laughs> a lot of <laughs> a lot of glistening uh, yeah. rubber suit yeah. action going on.
1: Yeah, a lot of glistening in this movie. I was like, oh, OK, <laughs> with the people and the monsters.
0: Uh, and the, the brother also warns them about the deadly scorpions on the island. Giant ass scorpions. Ugh, uh, despite cringe. despite warnings from the local villagers, the trio find and locate the opal.
1: Yeah, so the <laughs> the villagers are like, "Hey, no, don't do this. No, <laughs> you cannot, it's go yeah, like, cannot go to the Valley
0: of Rainbows. Yep, another forbidden area. Cannot go to the Valley of Rainbows." <laughs> but they're just convinced the villagers are hiding treasure there. But why wouldn't they just be spending the treasure? Why would they be just living in this village like this if they had? treasure they think there might be other jewels not just this opal uh but we meet uh the, the villagers are yes very obstinately saying no you can't go and then we meet a japanese doctor who yes. came there years ago with his wife as sort of you know peace corps humanitarian kind of thing and his wife died and he just stayed and we meet
1: well they came to, to say there was some part sort of a There was some sort of epidemic, some sort of sickness. Yeah, and him and his wife came to the island to to fix it, to help. Yeah, and she died of the sickness.
0: (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, Ouch! Like you do, like you do. And he decided to hang around instead of, uh, (laughs) which I guess is nice. Instead of instead of being filled, overwhelmed with grief and blaming the islanders for, you know, if this were for this damn epidemic, my wife wouldn't have died. He's just like, oh, I like it here. I'm just going to stay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's like, fuck Japan. This is like a peaceful paradise.
0: He has sort of. Yes, I think that might have been part of it. Uh, they do mention one point that these people helped them during the war, though they probably had no idea, you know, what the. <laughs> that they shouldn't have helped them, (laughs) that they were the aggressors in the war.
1: Oh, oh, no. (laughs) Um, Anyway,
0: there's also this (sighs) Japanese, not Japanese girl. Mm -hmm. One of the natives, the light-skinned one we mentioned earlier, speaks japanese because the doctor taught her and maybe yeah. she, i guess she, she just had a knack for it that the others didn't or the others were maybe like fuck you learn our language
1: you're yeah. <laughs> the visitor me- here <laughs> it kind of seemed like her and the doctor have like a little bit of a thing yeah.
0: it wasn't clear if if they were just hooking up or it was sort of an adopted daughter situation. He'd been there for 10 years. I think. he Yeah. Say. So
1: it seems like, uh, cause he, at one point he says something like, well, at least I have a, what's her face. And they like look at yeah. each other, like adoringly. I was like, it's like,
0: like, uh? <laughs> like, I have her to talk to. So, you know, it's nice here. Plus I have one, this one person to talk to who speaks Japanese. <laughs> Anyway, like I say, she is not wearing brown makeup and looks more Japanese than everybody else. I mean, not really, but they're all obviously played by Japanese people. But And
1: also she has this eyebrow through the entire movie. She kind of does this one eyebrow, like kind of like imagine, you know, like The Rock in the 90s. Oh, yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah. Like that, an eye, eyebrow, eyebrow raise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Spock.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Love. I mean, she does it the whole movie. Like that's pretty much one of her like core expressions. Even okay. she'll be crying and not even have an expression on her face, and then just her little eyebrow will raise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, they all tell them no, don't go, don't go. But they're not gonna forcibly stop them, so they go. Yeah. And they find <laughs> they find the opal. And And the Scorpions. Yes, and the Scorpions. Have you ever seen Treasure of the Sierra Madre? No. It's a Humphrey Bogart movie that is referenced in Bugs Bunny cartoons. Cute. But uh, Onodera reminded me of Humphrey Bogart because there's a thing in the beginning of the movie where Humphrey Bogart is like, Oh, I would never screw over a partner. uh, I don't understand these guys that get gold fever and screw over everybody. Uh, They're just being greedy assholes. And then, of course... He turns into a greedy <laughs> asshole by the end of the movie. <laughs> and uh, Onodera, it seems like maybe he's just planning to screw everybody from the beginning. Yeah. He, he's like, uh, so we're, we're all cool, right? We're all going to split this three uh, four ways, right? Because, you know, the guy back home gets a cut. Like, yeah, everything's great. And then as soon as he gets the chance to screw somebody over, he does. Because uh, they, they, they're all digging through rocks. They, you know, follow the instructions to the cave. Digging through rocks, looking for the opal. Kawajiri finds it, and he's so excited. He's so happy. All their troubles are over. Their dreams have come true. What
1: are you? You can buy your airplane shit?
0: Yeah. He's not just happy for himself. He's happy for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And a scorpion starts climbing up his leg, and Onodera sees it and doesn't say anything.
1: And he puts his sunglasses on so that you can't see his eyeballs.
0: (laughs) Yes, so you can't see he what he is. So excited. they won't notice that he's looking down at the leg. And it bites him, and he dies a horrible, painful death from the scorpion sting. I said bite. It was a sting, not a bite. <laughs> <laughs> and then, as they're getting out of the cave, he decides to light up some dynamite, throw it behind him, and trap Kasuki in the cave. Leaves him for dead. Gets back to the boat apparently somewhere along the way picks up some pig bones to pretend they're the bones he went to go find. Cause there's a whole thing on the ship about another guy whose father died in the war. Was it his father? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Another, another guy who has a great sympathy for his dead friend, whose bones he went to retrieve because his father died in the war and he wants to lay some flowers or candles or something as a little offering to the bag of, Bones. He he's a sweet guy who you know is totally buying his 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 big lie. But uh kasuki gets rescued by the locals and the the woman. Yeah. Oh I forgot the woman, her name.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah her
0: name <laughs> This this exotic island woman <laughs> is named Karen <laughs> Which I guess in Japan is an exotic name but I don't think it's a New Guinea name. I don't know.
1: <laughs> wow. I don't either.
0: Kasuki gets rescued and tells Karen about the opal they found, and she reveals that the alleged opal is not really a jewel and convinces Kasuki to take her to Japan to retrieve it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, on the boat, Onadera has developed athlete's foot, and the doctor... <laughs> First of all, they they chastise him a little bit for going AWOL, but then the doctor's like, okay, we're going to turn this infrared lamp on your athlete's foot to treat it. Just uh, leave this on for about 20 minutes and then turn it off. And of course, uh, he doesn't turn it off. He hides the opal in his coat and then gets called away and leaves the lamp on. And we find out that the opal is in fact an egg, which... Has been laying in that cave for God knows how long, but now a little bit more but than 20 minutes of exposure ready. to this lamp. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It incubates rather quickly under this infrared <laughs> lamp <laughs> and uh, hatches. And a little lizard, little tiny Barragon, <laughs> comes little
1: out. Little tiny Barragon, Little baby berry!
0: <laughs> uh, upon arriving at Kobe Harbor, the ship is suddenly destroyed. Ichiro finds Onadera who tells him it's destroyed because Baragon starts getting bigger and tears it up. But they don't seem to; nobody seems to realize this until later. Uh, Ichiro finds Onadera who tells him that uh, Kazuki and Kawajiri died in the jungle. Having grown to immense size, Baragon surfaces from the harbor and proceeds to attack. I did write something. The brother does not seem. So the brother has lined up a buyer and they meet Onadera at the dock. Mm-hmm. And he tells him that the other two guys are dead. And he doesn't seem that upset about it. But then when he tells him that the opal is still on the boat and sank because he doesn't know it hatched. Mhm. Then, then he gets upset. Yeah. Then he and the buyer are both angry. He's like, "Ah, oh, it's no big deal. We'll just get some hire some divers and we'll go retrieve it and you know don't run away yet, Mr. Pyre. No big deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I said, I was happy to come back to like one slimy human being doing like weird monstrous <laughs> shit. And then like our like regular scheduled monster movie, like this felt yeah. very like, oh, yay.
0: <laughs> We're back. <laughs> oh, and this is where the guy with the flowers who has also had to, you know, abandon ship Comes up to him and tells him, hey, I saved your friend's remains, I your this poor bones. guy.
1: You know how important this is to you?
0: <laughs> yeah, he took the time while escaping the sinking, burning ship to rescue these other, this remains of somebody he didn't even know. And then he's like, uh, they're just pig bones. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> I just felt so bad for that guy.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And then at 41 minutes and 37 seconds, barragons, nose, and dorsal spikes are seen. <laughs> and there's an evacuation. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.
1: I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. I all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where
0: are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox.
1: Life can hurt, but life is sweet.
0: Little way rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Plus. Having grown to immense size, Baragon surfaces from the harbor and proceeds to attack. While debating how to recover the Opal, which he still believes to be aboard the sunken ship, Onadera inadvertently blurts out that he killed his two companions... And they're like, wait, 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 what? He's like, oh, we can get divers. He's like, I don't know. We should wait until all the hubbub dies down. He's like, look, I didn't kill two guys just to lose it now. And he's like, wait, <laughs> you, you what now? I mean, they, I saw them die is what I meant to say. He's like, you son of a bitch. You... So they have a big <laughs> fight and he ends up killing uh, Ichiro and his wife. I did appreciate the wife's effort I hate it when there is a fight in a movie and the woman just stands there and doesn't do anything. (laughs) I hate that. And maybe, and we'll see this later, maybe sometimes they'll get a vase and crack it over the guy's head and then jump back. and yeah. No, his wife was in there. She's like, stop, stop, leave my husband alone. What are you doing? Stop. uh, Quit fighting. She gets right in there. And I appreciated Mm -hmm. that. I mean, it gets her killed, but.
1: Yeah. And then she died. (laughs) So.
0: That's it's okay. Baragon probably would have killed them both anyway. So there's a big fight and he, he murders them both and then sets the house on fire to cover up his crime. <laughs> then, okay. So th- this, this, uh, summary is jumping ahead a little bit too much. The army does all the army stuff. You know, they roll out the tanks and everything, uh, Baragon's so Baragon's a, like a four-legged, uh, dinosaurus thing. With uh, a horn and spikes, and his back spikes glow.
1: Ooh. Oh, and his tongue is like very yes. Like frog. Oh my god,
0: <laughs> he's got a big frog tongue that also shoots out a freezing vapor.
1: It's amazing.
0: Uh, so he freezes a bunch of shit and then gets sleepy and lays down for nappy time. <laughs> and so then the the army, well, the the, the defense force starts to activate these missiles, these great, we see miles away, these great big missiles rising up, getting ready to shoot. And Baragon seems to just sense this from what appears to be miles away, wakes up and shoots a rainbow out of his back.
1: Which, can I just say here, happy pride.
0: (laughs) Also good timing. It does a great big arch like rainbows do, for miles and lands exactly where it needs to to wipe out these rockets
1: yeah monster shit baby
0: (laughs) which immediately attracts Gamera's attention who uh uh, i forgot so after Gamera had wrecked the dam he then went south of the equator to hang out at a volcano to
1: Just, just chilling at my volcano
0: To do the nom-noms on the heat from the volcano. And that's where he's been for about 40 minutes. But immediately senses Baragon's energy from the rainbow blast. (laughs) And shows up right away. Yeah. I just, I don't know exactly how far away this volcano was supposed to be, but it was somewhere, somewhere south of the equator. And I don't believe Japan is south of the equator. Could be wrong. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's not. Uh, he just immediately shows up. And, of course, they have a monster fight.
1: Monster fight! Number one.
0: <laughs> Round one. Fight! Round one. <laughs> the two battle in Osaka. However, Baragon freezes Gamera in place. Kasuke and Karen find Onadera subdue him and leave him tied up in his home. So th- this is the second uh, fight that note. <laughs> that Onodera has with a couple and yeah Karen kind of hangs back for most of the fight she does clock him on the head at one point uh-huh. but then they uh, manage to subdue him well enough to tie him up Kasuke and Karen suggest a plan to the defense ministry th- th- this part I just they're just suddenly at headquarters there is yeah. no explanation of how they gained access how they convinced anybody that they knew anything <laughs> You know in the real world when there's a big crime or a murder or something you get all kinds of nutcases coming out <laughs> confessing or claiming to have evidence phony psychics oh, I say
1: yeah
0: yeah I say I say phony psychics as if there's real psychics they're all phonies yeah. but phony psychics t- saying that they have a vision or whatever and the police have to comb through a whole bunch of bullshit I would imagine that that happens in the kaiju world as well but apparently apparently not because if two people you don't know just show up at headquarters saying we have information about the monster they just get let right in <laughs> no questions <laughs> asked and believed so so they uh they give the military the information that karen has about Barragon, and they have a plan to use a giant ass diamond so they were right there were more jewels on the island in the old days baragon would be attracted to light and they would use the light from diamonds to lure he's also vulnerable to water if he's submerged in water he becomes dormant or can't fight yeah like drowns. frozen
1: or something i think he just drowns like immobile
0: yeah yeah he can't do anything He can't get himself out of the water. He can't swim or whatever. He just I don't know if
1: it's drown. Well, because I think it just like, well, I guess, yeah. I mean, he would drown because he can't move. For whatever reason, when he's in water, he can't move. Even if it's like rain.
0: Yeah. And so they have a plan to use this big ass Apparently just a regular light won't work. It's got to be a light shining off or through a diamond. And this particular giant ass diamond, because this is the only one they have left. They threw all the others in the lake to get bar- a previous Barragon, who we'll find out later they're only supposed to hatch like every hundred years, a thousand. thousand years, some like a thousand years. Uh, but the 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 plan fails due to the diamond's insufficient radiation. <laughs> they lure him a, so they hang the diamond from a helicopter, and you know sort of lure him along like a freaking fishing pole. For a while, but then he gets bored and turns around, stops following it. And then the doctor from the ship, the athlete's foot doctor from the ship, comes in (laughs) with some information. He has somehow put together that it was the infrared light that hatched the egg. He never saw the opal before it was an egg. He didn't see the egg hatch. He doesn't know that Baragon came... I don't see any reason why he would know that the Paragon came from the ship and didn't just rise up and attack the ship but somehow he's put all this shit together and just, and tells them it was radiation that caused him uh, infrared light that caused him to hatch therefore you need to irradiate the diamond with infrared light and that will get him to follow <laughs> uh, So then they go to some guy who has an experimental laser and lasers normally use rubies, but they're like, can you replace the ruby with this diamond and then shoot it, use your machine here to shoot infrared light through it and (laughs) do what we needed to do. And so they do, what do they do? Put it on a truck? Yeah, a truck. Or I wrote it down, a duck boat. It's one of those... uh, boats with wheels on it that you can just drive down into the water.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So they hook up a ray to the back of it that that they do stupid animation with it. It shoots out the back of the truck and then just abruptly stops because it's not a real ray. It's a cartoon. Adorable. Anyway, another attempt by irradiating the diamond with additional infrared radiation almost succeeds until Onadera interferes and steals the gem. That motherfucker. His wife has come home at some point and untied him, and then he hears a report on the radio about this whole diamond plan and just decides, that diamond <laughs> belongs to me, because I, some, I got fucked out of the opal that I killed two people for, and that diamond also came from that island, therefore it belongs to me. However, both he and the diamond are devoured by Baragon. <laughs>
1: Which is, this is one of my favorite parts, too, when the giant tongue, just like the animated tongue, yep. just like goes, and then it shows him, and it's just grab the tongue has just grabbed him.
0: It's so yep. funny. Whoa. Totally had it coming.
1: He had it coming.
0: <laughs> Kazuke discovers that mirrors are not affected by Baragon's rainbow ray, so the military devised a plan to reflect its own rainbow emanation back with a giant mirror
1: operation rearview mirror
0: Yep, yeah. Barragon is wounded but realizing its mistake refuses to shoot another rainbow fool me once shame on you <laughs> fool me twice shame on me
1: oh and at this point too i just want to say at this point karen chimes in and is like uh i know animals uh, trust me i understand animals and Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really? You waited a whole hour to tell us that you understand animals and that you have to... Like, there's 10 minutes left of the movie, Karen. And it's... If you understood animals, what... why haven't you been any help until now?
0: Well, you know, typical Karen. <laughs> uh, Gamera thaws out and attacks Baragon once again. After battling, Gamra drowns Baragon in Lake Biwa, then flies away.
1: We have monster fight round two.
0: <laughs> yep. And this time, of course, Gamera wins because he's Gamera.
1: They look really great. I, I, I really liked uh, Gamera's, uh, he looks a little more spiky. And like I said, uh, it looks like someone just baby oiled these monsters <laughs> up to fight. <laughs> They're so shiny.
0: And I think, and are all their fights at night? I think they are. I think all their fights are at night. Yeah. Kasuke mourns over the events caused by his greed, believing he is now alone. However, Karen holds his hand and tells him (laughs) he is not alone. (laughs) You are not alone. No one is alone. So I guess she's just going to stay there and be his girlfriend now.
1: (laughs) Yes, which is really fucking annoying because she's like, at the beginning of the movie, she's like, no, don't go in there. You can't. And then he does. And then the whole world is like fucking fucked up. And now she's like, I love you.
0: Yeah. I th- maybe it's her maternal instincts because he was wounded. And she nursed him back to health. <laughs> I didn't mention any of the cast. Uh, Kajiro Hanga plays Kasuke Hirata. Or as I called him in my head throughout the movie, poor man's Kenji Sahara.
1: Aww. Because ain't nobody Kenji Sahara. <laughs>
0: But Kenji yeah, Sahara. We did, but he seemed very much like a Kenji Sahara type. Yeah. We did see him in Return of Daimogen, and he will show up again in more Gamma movies, playing, like Kenji, playing a different part each time. Yeah. Hell yeah. Kyoko Inami is Karen. Yuzo Hayakawa is Kawajiri. Takuya Fijioka is Dr. Sato. Koji Fujiyama is Onodera. And Akira Natsuki is Chiro Harata.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, I did want to say, I did want to say, too, um, the music in this movie, loved. Uh, it was really good. Also, the monster screams. Baragon's uh, Screech at the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, God, it sounded so awful. I didn't really like it. But by the end of the movie, I guess I had just accepted it and like liked it a little bit more. <laughs> so love Gamera's Screech. Sounds great. The monsters look great this movie. I also felt like uh, Baragon's eyeball kept changing, like when they bring out baby Baragon. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, uh-huh. it's like a googly eye. But then throughout the movie, it was like one point, you know, it, you could see that he blinked. Uh, at one point, his eye was like glowing. So I felt like his eye kept changing, like it was different eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought the monsters looked really good. Sound was really good, minus Barragon Screech.
0: The music was by Chuji Kinoshita. So what are you going to rate it?
1: I'm going to give this one a 3
0: yeah I'll, I'll, I'll give it a three as well
1: i i liked it better than the simogen and so i feel like
0: I, sure yeah well, it's the same uh, same company but uh very different yeah,
1: <laughs> very yeah. Different
0: kind of movie uh next week we'll be back with godzilla in uh Ibirra, horror of the deep also known Ooh. as godzilla versus Ooh. the sea monster Uh, Original title title is Gojira, Ibira Mosura Nankai, no Daiketo, Godzilla, Ebera, Mothra, Big Duel in the South Sea. So that will be next week's episode. And I don't normally go two weeks ahead of time. But in two weeks, we will be doing the X from Outer Space. And that will be our first anniversary episode.
1: Yay! It's our birthday, y'all.
0: Be sure to join us for that one. And we might be doing some kind of giveaway soon. So keep an eye on our socials, on our Twitter and uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Both of those upcoming movies are available on HBO Max. This week's movie is on Amazon Prime. I think it might also be on uh, either Tubi or Pluto, but I'm I'm not sure about that. But it's definitely on Amazon Prime. And I... um, think it's one of the ones that mst3k has done i know they did a bunch of gameras
1: i like turtles
0: <laughs> i do i do i like turtles <laughs> so thank you all for joining us please follow us on our socials you can find links to all our stuff at mmftg.bio.link. Until next time, remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements.
1: And please do not misuse science.
0: We won't see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Funtime Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Funtime Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacado Folk Rock Punk featuring Rita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. Hello? We won't see you, but oh. you will hear us <laughs> next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go.
1: Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> right. I thought I lost you for a second. It got really quiet.